Praise the name of Jesus. For the mothers in the house, I just want to give you a little giggle if that's okay with you. I know that it's a little gloomy outside, but I actually want you to laugh a little bit today. It's not so serious, but I want you to just loosen up, just kick back, relax. Today's your day. This is your time. Husbands, today's her day. She does no cooking, no cleaning, only shopping and resting. Amen. And the women say, you better receive that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some people got the anointing of shop. Just want to make you giggle a little bit. But I read this and I thought it was cute. I wanted to mention it to you. I think this is appropriate. It's a poem about what my mother taught me. And I think I've taught this to my children. And I don't know whose of my children are here, but I've taught this to my children. My mother taught me religion. When I spilled grape juice on the carpet, she instructed, you better pray that the stain will come out of that carpet. My mother taught me logic from her decisive words, because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. My mother taught me irony. You keep laughing, I'm going to give you something to cry about. I've done that one. My mother taught me about stamina. She said, you'll sit there and eat every grain of rice till the plate is clean. My mother taught me about the weather. It looks as if a tornado swept through this room. And then finally, my mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you in. Hallelujah. Children are an heritage of the Lord. They keep us praying. Amen. I have one more that I want to share with you. Actually, I got this out of a book from John Hagee, How to Win Over Worry. And this is a small, quick analogy. It's about a story of a mother who came home one afternoon from doing food shopping. She walked into her home and saw her five children. Everything looked pretty much the same, though it was a little bit quieter than usual. She looked into the middle of the living room, and her five darling children were sitting around in a perfect circle, exceedingly quiet, doing something with something in the middle. So she put down her groceries, and she walked over closely and looked and saw that they were playing with five small, cute skunks. She was instantly terrified and said, run, children, run. So each child jumped up, grabbed a skunk, and ran in five different directions. She was so beside herself, she screamed even louder and more frantically and with more gusto. And the children were so horrified that they panicked and squeezed the skunk. It's a stinky situation. Our children choose sometimes not to listen, but the one day they listen, you get in a stinky situation, amen? I don't know the rest of that story. I heard this is a true story, but I think that that house would have been declared inhabitable after that, amen? That was an insurance claim right there. I got one more simple one for you. There was a junior high school teacher giving a science class, and he was giving a lesson about the power of a magnet. 
And so the next day he comes to class and he gives them a surprise quiz. And the first question read like this. My name begins with M and I have six letters. What am I? Half the class said a magnet. The other half said a mother. Because I pick up things all day long. <laughs> Amen. A mother is always picking up. I don't care if your children are 10 or 28. You're always picking up after them. Amen. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Just wanted to make you smile just a little bit. I want to play some honor, pay honor to all the mothers in the house today. Whether you are a grandmother, a mother, an aunt, a godmother, a foster mother, amen, an adoptive mother, or just a mentor to a child. Perhaps you're here today and you're visiting. I want to say welcome to High Place Church. I want to honor all the mothers. Maybe you're here today and maybe today is not so, it's a somber day for you and maybe not so exciting. Um, I want to say I pray today you find peace in the house of the Lord. Amen. Also want to ask the Lord that if there's a mother in the house perhaps who, who bore a child but never got to meet her child, I pray that today that the Lord bring you peace in your hearts. Amen. There's some great portraits in the Bible of some motherhood and scripture. But some of those portraits I think are worth mentioning. Some of them are of the picture of Moses that Pastor mentioned earlier with Jochebed. I love the picture of her because she cared so much for her son that she, she loved him enough to let him go, to salvage his life. We also see a portrait of a sacrificial love of a mother who, be, who comes before the King Solomon and told him that she was willing to have her son taken away by another woman rather than harm come to him. Or the mother of James and John who loved her boys so much that she wanted them to sit by the Lord's side in his kingdom. Or how about the mother of King Lemuel who gave some advice to her son. The advice was about godly living and finding a godly wife. How about the wonderful wisdom of the grandmother of Timothy who received wisdom for him on his journey as a young pastor. These are women in the Bible and there's so many others who are great portraits and have done milestones who we can model after. Amen. And so today's your day, but I would be amiss if I could not even honor one from the Bible. But the one that sticks out to me is the one of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who knows what her son is about to do, but hands him over to the will of God. Not really fully understanding, but knowing that the road would be tough, but still hands him over to the will of the Lord. If you would be so kind with me so that we can stand and read the word of God this morning and if you could turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 20. Book of Matthew chapter 20. Mothers you look absolutely stunning today. Amen. You just look beautiful. Matthew chapter 20 starting from verse 20, uh, 17. Matthew 20 and 17. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Mom, if you're watching today, happy Mother's Day. If you're in Queens and you're watching, Mom, I love you. Amen. Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. Praise the name of Jesus. Matthew 20, 17. And Jesus was going up to Jerusalem and took the 12 disciples apart in the way. And he said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, to mock him, to scourge him, to crucify him. But then on the third day, he shall rise again. Then came to him 
the mother of Zebedee's children, with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing from him. And he said unto her, what wilt thou? And that's the title of my message this morning. What wilt thou? Woman, what are you asking me? Mother, you're here this morning. What are you asking of the Lord today? When you came into the house of God this morning, you came to give him praise. But what is it that you are asking God for? What are you believing on the Lord for? And it goes on to say, this is what I'm asking, Jesus. I'm asking that you grant my two sons this, that one may sit on the right and the other that may sit on the left in your kingdom. What a lofty request. What an arrogant kind of request. Amen. But Jesus had an answer for her. And he says to her, you don't even know what you're asking. You have no idea the depth of what you're asking. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said unto him, we are able and he said unto them, you know what? You will drink a cup and you will be baptized with that baptism that I will be baptized with. But to sit on my left and my right, that's not for me. My father has prepared that and has predetermined that. But you will bear a cup of suffering and you will be baptized. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Honey, Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning, Lord God. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures. Father, thank you for every mother in the house today that sits under, Father God, your presence today. I pray, Lord, that you bless her, that you extend her, Lord God, that you increase her, Lord God, with favor and mercy and grace. And we thank you for this word in Jesus' name. And we all say amen and amen. You may take your seats this morning. This morning I have just a little bit I want to share with you, but I want to give you a quick backdrop of what we just read. Maybe you didn't capture it, but something is going on in this particular story. Jesus is walking and he has his 12 disciples. He gets to a point in his, in his journey and he says, wait a minute, I need to separate the 12 disciples. He separates them and has a private conversation with them. And up until this time, they've seen Jesus do miracles, signs and wonders and great exploits. But now it was about to get real. He says, here we are, we're getting to the road of Jerusalem, and I want to forewarn you, what's about to happen is going to be very different than what you've ever seen me do. The Son of Man is about to be handed over. Not only is he to the Gentiles, for what? To be scourged, to be mocked, and then to be crucified. And he says, the Gentiles are going to kill him, but don't worry, because on the third day, he's coming back. And so while I believe they heard him at his words, I don't really believe the disciples understood in totality of what that meant. They didn't understand that it was going to be brutal, that it was going to be horrible, that it was going to be bloody, and it would mark their lives forever. On this backdrop, we see a woman here. It doesn't give her name here in the scripture, but she has a name. Her name is Salome. Salome is the mother of James and, and John. Her name is Salome. She brings a request. After all that Jesus says this, she doesn't have anything to say except one thing. Well, Jesus, if you're going to go get crucified and you're going to get scourged and you're going to be mocked, um, I just have this one request. When you restore the kingdom and after you've done all this and you come back after the third day, I just want to know where will my sons be? Thank you for all you're about to do. Not, no, Jesus. 
Not my Lord. Not my Lord to be crucified. Not my Lord to be mocked. How can this be? How can it be you being the Lord, you being the Christ? How? No. Her conversation is different. Well, Jesus, when you reestablish the kingdom, um, I just want my sons to your left and to your right. That's my request. And you look at that over the cuff and you're saying, how can a woman even be so selfish or arrogant to just be so bodacious and immediately ask where her children will be in that walk? How about you be concerned what I'm about to endure, amen, to save mankind? But today I want to just flip it a little bit. I want to think about this woman, Salome, the mother of Zebedee's children, and I want you to see her heart in here. Jesus is not to be confused, uh, I'm sorry, James and John are not to be confused with the brother of James. This James is one of the 12 disciples. This is not the James that you know from the book of James. This is another James from one of the 12 disciples. If you know anything about these two men, they were one, two of the 12 disciples, brothers and actually son, the daughter of sons of Salome. And God had separated these two men for this call and for this walk. Amen. Jesus has a conversation. He says, I'm about to take a cup and I'm about to endure something that you can't really comprehend. And we see in this story that she really just has kind of another agenda. But I want to give her the benefit of the doubt today. I'm a mother and I want my children to walk in God's will. So I had to give her some kind of benefit of the doubt. And so I thought about this and I knew that Salome was aware of the teachings of Jesus. All of this time, Jesus is preaching about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of God will reign. So now when she hears Jesus say this, she's asking a question. Jesus, about that kingdom you've been preaching about, when it finally comes and you establish it, tell me what that's going to look like and tell me where my sons are going to fit in the picture. So I want to give her a little bit of benefit of the doubt. It's Mother's Day, and I want to give her some benefit of the doubt. Amen. If you were aware, you knew that these sons, James and John, were very close to Jesus. Jesus had 12 disciples, but two of them were very close to him. He had three elites. They were Peter, James, and John the Beloved. How, how honoring as a mother that three of the elite, two of them be your own sons. Amen. And so how rewarding that her children would be that close to the feet of Jesus. Jesus is about to take a cup of suffering that is immeasurable. She understands the kingdom and then she uh, approaches, approaches him with this request. And so I have four things that I want to just share with you this morning. And they are... The worship, the wanting, the warning, and the waiting. Right out of those few verses that we just read. Amen. So the opportunity presents itself and she comes to the Lord. And the book of Matthew says that she bowed down in worship and made this request. Hey, Jesus, when you establish your kingdom, can, can my sons be in heavenly places? Can they be in authority with you? Um, can, can they sit in place of honor with you? We, we, we might criticize her for this. We might ostracize her. We might say she was presumptuous and pretty bodacious and arrogant. But I believe her heart might have been in the right place. But her, her, her verbalization was just poor. It was just poor. We need to recognize that when she came to Jesus, Jesus did not necessarily grant her request. But neither did he deny her. He said, your children will bear a cup. And yes, they will suffer. And they're even going to be baptized in suffering. But I can't say that they're going to be to my right or to my left. That is not my assignment. Amen. 
What a lofty request. But truth be told, religion or our walk with God, it's either all in or all out. It's either you're going to stand for a cause and stand for it to the end or you stand for nothing. You either take this call of God, you either take your, your walk or your commitment to God and you go all in and you walk this out to your last breath or you sabotage the whole thing. You say, God, then I don't want anything to do with you or I give my life over to you. And so in this verse, you can see Jesus trying to help someone understand. You have to get this, that it's either all in or all out. It means that when it gets tough, it's okay. When it's good, it's good. And when it's not, it's not. But it's so good. I'll take the cup of suffering. I'll deny myself. Even if it means it's trial. Even if it means it's tribulation. I will walk this walk. I'm all in. Any mother say, I'm all in. Amen. How bold. But now you see the two sons. The two sons are in the middle, and their mother's kind of like a spokesperson for them. And she got her own agenda. She's speaking for them and saying, this is where I want my children to be. I want my children here. I want them to be here. I want them to have authority. I want them to have all this. And he said, wait, 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 wait. You don't even know what you're asking for. Because truth be told, how many of us would really release our children knowing the suffering that would come with that call understanding like a Mary I love my children but if I release them what if they get hurt what if what what if they get their heart broken what if someone misunderstands them what if someone just doubts them what if what about all the suffering they're gonna have to endure would you still release them unto the call of God I would because I'd rather my children be in the will of the Lord than outside of the will of the Lord amen but for this mother, she's not counting the cost. She's not looking at the process. She's just looking at the potential. She's just looking at the end result, the kingdom being established. But she's not understanding all that would happen in between. If they knew what they had asked, their response was, we are able. But they couldn't get it. They didn't understand. They had never seen Jesus suffer not one day up until that day. They had never seen him be mocked. They had never seen him being scourged or spat upon or, or ostracized. But now it was about to get real. And he said, when they said, we are able, I think Jesus said, yeah, if you only knew what you were signing up for. You are able. What would have been a better response would have been this. We are able if I go under the anointing under you. We are able if I'm under the grace that you provide. We are able if I'm under the mercy, amen, and under the covering of you. Jesus, I'm able if you tell me I'm able. If you tell me I could do it, then I'm able. But me, myself, I have to be careful. And I want to say this to mothers today because I know this happens to us often. We get caught up in I can, I can, I can because we have to. And so we can get caught up in self-sufficiency because we operate in a way where we got to do all of these things. We multitask because we feel like we have to. But here's what I want you to remember, that you can do nothing without the Lord. And all that you do, it's been nothing but the hand of the Lord. Amen. Everything that you accomplish in your life, for good or for hard, it was all under the guidance of the Lord. And so here's what I want to say. You can't do anything without God. But the inference there is, but I can do all things through Christ Jesus. But I need Jesus on my side. I need Jesus on my side. And so the next time you say, I am able, 
add to that sentence. I am able if God, if you go with me, if you protect me, if you anoint me, if you assign this to me, I'll walk this walk. I'll take this bitter cup. I'll do it in tears and I'll do it in joy. I just need to know Jesus. Are you with me? How scary would ever be to make one step forward and the Lord not be with you. Amen. But this woman says and her sons, we are able. They have no idea what they just signed up for. Amen. Praise God. And so that is the worship. She comes into God's presence, into Jesus' presence, and she comes with a worship. She comes with a petition unto the Lord. She bowed down. She acknowledges who she was. And she said, Jesus, I have one request, that my children be in the kingdom. Now, I don't know about any mother in here. I think we would all agree and have a common consensus that not one of us want our children to perish. Not one of our children. I have four, and there was nothing that I would not do for my children, even when I have to allow them to fail. I will allow them to fail as long as I know that God has given me instruction. When I come to God and I give him requests about my children, I say, God, tell me what you want for them. Tell me what you say. I don't care about what I think. I don't care about what I feel. It's irrelevant. Tell me what you want, and I will follow through. Speak to me, God. And so here is this woman asking for something, and her children are going to have to take a cup. They're going to have to take a cup. Amen. I want to continue in that same vein and that in her worship, she was acknowledging who she was, acknowledging who the Lord was, but in a sense handing over her children. And they said, we are able. Amen. Now, there's some good things about this woman. I don't want to take this away from her. I believe her heart was in the right place. But I know that sometimes mothers pray, and sometimes we pray out of necessity. Sometimes we pray out of desperation. Sometimes we just pray we need relief. Sometimes we pray we just need a quiet moment from life. But that's okay. That's okay because in that prayer, it can be, God, I hand myself over. But in the same token, you can't cookie cutter what you want God to do with your children. You can't tell him how to manage it. You can't move and force God's hand to have him do and say what you want. It has to be flipped around. You have to be able to hand your children just the way we dedicated this, this morning. We said, Amaya, we dedicate you unto the Lord. Madeline and Kurt didn't say, God, we want you to do what we say. No, they said, God, what you want we give you our child amen and I just want to know if there's some mothers in the house today that when you pray you say God what is your will for my child what is your desire for him what is your desire for her I've tried this on my own and my feelings have gotten in the way my frustrations have gotten in the way my lack of strength have gotten in the way sometimes we pray just minimal prayers God when we were little you know, we didn't grow up with any dads in our homes, um, none of us, our cousins, none of us. We didn't know what a healthy marriage looked like. Never, until I met my husband's parents. Never seen a husband and a wife. Never saw a healthy marriage. But I just remember our standards were so minimal. It was just simple things like, listen, um, as long as you don't come home pregnant, you're good. What a, what a short goal. That's, that's your best expectation of me? 
or as long as you graduate high school, that's good enough for me. Is that it? Is that the best that I want for my child that you just, how about a career? How about fatherhood? How about being meaningful, being productive in this life? How about the advancement of the kingdom? How about your will, your call, amen? How, how, how about we raise the standard a little higher for our children? Let's not just be happy that they're okay. Let's create a standard and say, God, what is your perfect will for their life? And let's raise the bar a little higher. Let's not just be happy that they're okay. Let's create an expectation. Amen. Any mother just feeling that today, say, I want a great expect. I want what God wants for my son. I want what God wants for my daughter. I'm going to raise it just a little bit higher. Sometimes we keep the bar low because of their behavior, because of their life choices. And we just make it simple, say, well, I hope they just make it another day. No. My child is blessed and highly favored. The Lord put you in my womb. The Lord has a call for your life. I'm not, I'm not just thinking about tomorrow. I've already looked into your future. You are part of me. Amen. And so I have great expectation for you. But I get it. Parenting is not easy and it's difficult. But she gives a great valuable example. She prays and she asks that her sons be part of the kingdom. And I don't know that there's not one mother in here that says, all I want is my children to make it into the kingdom of God. Well, that's a great start. That's a great start. Pray that my children, God, I pray that once I leave this life, once I leave this world, but my legacy, that my seed remain and it become fruitful, that it multiplies, that it inhabits, amen, that it's productive, amen. I don't just want them to get saved. I want them to be productive in this life. But I know all of us here would agree, we can't even imagine a thought of me being in around the throne of God and never experiencing our children in that place in heaven we shun the thought that our children would not make it to heaven and so how about we start there like she did first Jesus I want my sons in the kingdom anybody want their children you want to see your children in the kingdom I'm gonna count them one by one as they come in hey there goes number one where's number two here goes number two number three come on number four let's go but I'm believing God all four of my children will be blessed they will inherit the kingdom of God and they will do what God has for their life. Come on, I just need one mama. Say, I'll believe that God's will for my child in their life and I will see it in my day. In my day, I will see it come to fruition. The next one is the wanting. The wanting. She prayed that her sons would be actively involved in the work of his kingdom. She made a lofty request to sit to the left and to the right. But even when you sit to the left and to the right, you have to be active. You have to be um, productive in what you're doing by the side of you. You're not just going to sit there and look beautiful. You're going to have to work. And so what do you want? Jesus is asking you, what do you want? She was clear in her petition. Jesus, I want them in the kingdom and I want them wherever you are. What are you wanting for your children? What do you desire? When you think about your children, what do you want? And I know, I know they'll be simple. I just want them to be healthy. I just want them to, you know, live good lives. But what else? Come on, we have to want more for our children. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen. We have access to what the world does not have access to. So how about we bump it up a little higher? How about we say, God, I want what you want. And let's be specific. God, I want the will of the Lord. I want calling. I want ministry. And listen, maybe you're sitting here today and you can't even imagine that. I want you to get a visual in your head. 
Can you see your son lifting up holy hands? Can you see him confessing Christ? Can you see him one day testifying right here and say, if it was not the hand of the Lord, can you see your daughter delivered? Can you see your daughter serving at the altar care, Sunday school ministry, youth ministry? Can you see your child giving a shout unto the Lord? Can you watch them worship in your mind? That's what we want for our children. I don't want mediocre. I want God's perfect will. A career is nice. A nice car is nice. A nice neighborhood is nice. A nice job is nice. But what about the kingdom of God? What about if they inherit all those earthly things and then they sabotage their salvation? I would rather any day my child come into the kingdom of heaven and leave all the material things behind because I just want to know one thing. Do you have Jesus? That was her want. Jesus, I want them in your kingdom and I want them active. Sometimes what you want is not a bad thing. But sometimes if you're not careful, what you want just becomes your wants. And you can't manipulate God. You can't even interrupt his timing. It doesn't matter how desperate. And you don't even have to beg. You don't have to beg to your Lord. That's not the kind of God that you serve. You don't have to come begging like a beggar. You just have access. And you just get a download. But sometimes if we're not careful, we manipulate God into telling him what we want him to do. If we, if we behave in this way as mothers, we can misguide our children. We are supposed to release them as arrows. But what if you pull that arrow back too early? Or what if you hold on to it too long? What if you shelter them too long? What if when you finally pull them back, you let it go in the wrong direction? This is why you have to hear from the Lord. This is why you want God's will for your children. Amen. We never want to be a stumbling block for our children. Also, the next one is the warning. The warning, and I'm almost done. The warning. Jesus says, if they can drink this cup, they can have access. And we just said a few seconds ago that they said, we're able. We also understand that these disciples, they really had no idea what they were signing up for. But I know that God had a purpose for them because Jesus' response to them was not, get away from me, you don't even understand, it's deeper than you know. He doesn't even shoo them away. He doesn't even send the mother away. Even though her request was exaggerated, he didn't even send her away. But he did one better. He answered them and he said, you know what, James, you will drink a cup. And you know what, John, you're going to drink a cup too. And you know what, you will be baptized. But it won't be a, a River Jordan beautiful experience. It's going to be a baptism unto death. That was deep. But they didn't even understand that at that moment. They just said, all right, we, 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 we're going along. We're moving forward. We're going with Jesus. We're going to sit in high places. We're going to be operating in ministry. We're going to be anointed and powerful and, and influential. Uh-uh. Process. Process. A bitter cup. A bitter cup. James and John had no idea. And I don't know if you know this, but James and John being two of the disciples, James was the first disciple martyred. First one. Now, I don't know if Salome was alive to see her son's death or not, but he was the first disciple martyred. How? By the stoning of the Jews. Stoned to death. First disciple martyred. John was the last disciple 
killed. I don't know if you know that, but it's kind of like the parentheses of discipleship, amen? The first brother started it, the other brother finished it. John dies an interesting death. John goes through old age. He doesn't die instantly. He goes even up to old age, but suffers a lot in between. We know he loves God because he's called John the Beloved. Always found at the breast of Jesus. Always was sensitive to God's word. You read the book of John, you can see his love for the people. But here is John now living his life separated for God's call. And he gets up into old age but endures a lot of persecution. We even understand that John at one point was banished from his town and was punished to a steaming hot oil cauldron and said we are going to burn you alive in hot oil they took John put him in that cauldron and wanted him to scream and denounce God but he would not he would not as a matter of fact the, well, the Bible doesn't say it in detail but he was preserved none of that oil killed him his life was preserved why God had a plan for me he had to write the book of Revelation God still had work for him to do. And even though they set out to kill him, he suffered. He suffered. He took that cup. And he died of old age after he completed the book of Revelation. Amen. And so what a great uh, seed to have to know that your two sons or your daughters or your children, what an, what an enlightening thing to know that my two children ran that race and they ran it to the end and they ran it well and they were fierce and not because of their mother's prayer. I'm sorry. Not because of her petition, but because they were endued with power in Acts chapter 2. They became bold when? When they were endued with power on high from the Holy Ghost. If you would have pressed the rewind button and asked them that day, Will you take this cup and give them a flash of what that would be? They would have said, no way. I'm not doing all that. I'll, I'll walk with you. But I, I didn't sign up for all that. I just want to be a disciple. <laughs> Amen. But what if our children, the call on their lives may include hardship? What if, what if it does include releasing them and watching tears come down their eyes and just consoling them and them weeping in your arms and getting hurt? I would, still, I would still say yes, God. I would still sign up for that. And that was, amen, the warning. And then finally, my last one for you this morning is simply the last one, the waiting. The waiting. This woman is very brash and presumptuous. Like she's just over the top. I think that what she's asking is just a little bit too much in my opinion. Uh, but I like the last part of this, the waiting. As you are waiting to get into that kingdom, you need to serve. You need to work. I put it like this, wait while you wait. Wait as a servant would, as a waiter would. As you're waiting to enter into that kingdom, stay active. Maintain active. I'm not just talking about your children, mom and dad. I'm talking to you. Stay active. Stay active in the kingdom of God. Whatever you want your children to do and be, you need to model that. They need to look at you and say, what she is, that's what I want to be. She have a servant's heart. She don't complain. She don't gossip. She don't backstab. She's not just saying things that are untrue. My God, my mom is a godly mom, and I want to model that walk. Amen. And so while we're waiting on God, let's serve in the house. Let's serve in the house of God so that we can model this for our children 
so that when you're done and when it's over for you, your children will now serve and your children's children will not serve. If the Lord tarries, they will serve in the house of the Lord. And so I don't know about you, but that's my desire. That as I wait on the Lord, I will serve all the days of my life. And that one day, perhaps if the Lord grants me, I can watch my children serve. And I can watch my children walk out their call. That all my travailing and all my tears and all of my kneeling in God's face and all of my petitions unto the Lord will all come to fruition. Come on, I need you to see this with me. I'm not just trying to inspire you. I'm trying to get you where you need to be and respecting God's word and aligning up with his desire. I want, I want them to wait on God, but I want them to wait on the Lord. And I know you're here this morning and maybe your children are too small and you haven't taken that trip. Maybe your children have gotten older and you're saying maybe it's too late for them. Maybe it's too late. I don't even know that they could serve in the house. The devil is a liar. God can do it and he could do it quickly. He can turn a life around. The same way you sit here today and you breathe, God can turn a life around. And so this morning as we close out this service, I just want some moms in the house to just say, God, I have a petition before you. This is my petition, God, that I don't do my will concerning. Get me out the way. Who cares what I want? It's, I don't want to be their spokesperson. I just want to redirect their arrow. I just want to release them in the direction that you would have me. If you want to use me, Use me to direct me, but I will not get in the way. I will not influence them. I will not manipulate them. I just want to be a voice. I just want to be the one that you want me to be. God's will over my children. And what will I do? I'm going to pray. I'm going to want the will of God. I'm going to understand the warning. Understand that it comes with a bitter cup. When you see your children discouraged because of whatever it is, their walk with God, maybe they're being persecuted for their faith. Maybe their, their faith is just lacking. Just be there for them and say, honey, hold on a little bit longer. God is going to turn this around. He did it for me and he could do it for you. Just walk this walk. Just hang on just a little bit longer. God warned me about this day. God told me you would have some trials. God showed me that I would have to travail, but we're going to walk this walk. And we're going to hang tight. And we're going to see the hand of the Lord. And then finally, we're going to wait on God. We're not going to let the enemy discourage us from serving in his house. It is the thing that is most privileged and near to me. Amen. Today, I still will do Sunday school class. You know why? I love it. I love it. I could sit here, but Sunday school is so near and dear to me because those are small lives that are mighty in God's eyes. Amen. Those children, we call them little giants, children's ministry. Why? Because God got big. And maybe they can't see it, but it's our job, amen, to usher them in that direction. Praise God. So if I could just get the congregation to stand with me this morning as we close this thing out. We're just going to lift up our children. We're going to ask God, God, would you help us? God, I worship you in the meanwhile. I, I worship you and I have a desire. My desire is whatever you desire. It is not me. It is my will. It is not my plan. It is not how I say. God, it's what you say concerning my child. God, speak to me. In the night watch give me a clear vision give me direction concerning their life God show me do I need to step back do I need to move up do I need to move to the side do I need to pray do I need to declare a fast do I need to pull down the word of God what do you say concerning my child she worshiped give God the glory
She wanted, God, I want your will. Whatever it costs me. And if you love your children, know that God loves them more. They're his. We just steward them. They're here for a time and we release them. Want God's will for your child. They're blessed. Know the warning. The warning is it may cost them. We're not going to sugarcoat it. This walk is not an easy walk. It takes resilience. It takes tenacity. Amen. And then finally, God, as you're doing what you want, I'm going to wait on you. And I'm going to serve like a waiter. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. However long it takes, however exhausting and sacrificial it is, I'd rather be one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. I have no other agenda but your agenda. I have no other desire but to do what you want. And so if you're here this morning, and maybe if your children are with you, or your grandparents or your grandmom, I just want you to just... Just kind of link up with whoever you, whatever mom you came in the house with today. If it's your wife, even link up with her. Amen. We're going to close in a prayer. But I want God to strengthen you today. I want God to strengthen you today. Amen.